Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985 Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. And this week we are on minute number 42. Holy moly. I don't think there's anything new in the way of Santa Claus or movie related news this week. I and don't no think reindeer so. appear in this minute, so Nope. No no reindeer trivia this minute, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to those reindeer soon enough. <laughs> Just in case anybody was wondering where Ben's reindeer trivia corner went. <laughs> no reindeer yet. But what we do have is Miss Tucker. Mm-hmm. Cornelia just cut her off mid-sentence, saying, he never, that's where we left off last week, but the conclusion to that thought was, he never even looks at my report card. He probably doesn't even know what grade I'm in. How was that? Was that a good carry impression? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's exactly what it says in the book, too. So that's about as close to carry as you're ever going to get. Even looks at my report card. He probably doesn't even know what grade I'm in. So after Cornelia says that, she kind of gets scolded a bit by Miss Tucker. Yeah. Young lady, you do just as I tell you. So Cornelia then, like, sits down with her homework, like, it's all spread across this table. We'll get to what I can make out here in just a second. But you can still hear a couple more snippets of It's Christmas Again, I think for the last time. What you can hear, or what kind of sort of you can hear is the lyrics of and hopes are high the new year is nigh and i start and then it cuts off (laughs) i'll read the remainder of the song but from that point on you don't hear it in the movie Mm -hmm. and i start that's where it cuts off remembering then old friends and new especially you and truly it's christmas again there you go. That's the whole song. It's a nice song. It's very pretty. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really appreciated it before we started looking at this movie like we have been. Well, that's because we never knew what they were saying. <laughs> so in front of Cornelia, there is a notebook and a pen. She does take the cap off the pen here before we cut to our next scene. Mm-hmm. There is a book. I assume it's a history book because it almost looks like a map of a country in a black and white photo of someone. So I'm assuming that's the American history book that Miss Tucker was talking about. Maybe, or the geography book that's in the gra- in the um, novel. It's like a hodgepodge of all the subjects here on her desk because yeah. there is a book that says a dictionary of mathematics with a black cover and white text. I had to refer to the high-definition version of the movie to make it out. Yeah, it just looks like blur on the normal version. I tried to do like a reverse Google image search to see if I could find this book and see if it was a real book, but it came up empty-handed. So if you recognize the Dictionary of Mathematics and know if it was a real book or just a prop book, you know, let us know because we're nerds. We're nerds <laughs> here on Santa by the Minute. <laughs> we would to- If we found it for like $5 on Amazon, you we probably would buy it. <laughs> we would totally buy Cornelia's Dictionary of Mathematics. We'd we would recreate Cornelia's room. <laughs> yep. Why not? (laughs) And there are a few folders and miscellaneous notebooks and a pencil box. Mm -hmm. And let me see, also in view, the fancy bowl of fruit. We touched upon that last week. The fancy old tiny looking rotary phone. We touched upon that last week. Yep. Cornelia sighs and then continues her homework. And then we abruptly cut to... An assistant? Your assistant? Pat, she's back. 
But I don't want to leave Cornelia yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got ahead of myself. (laughs) I have to go into the difference between the movie and the book. Okay. So Patch is back. Yay. But we're going to hold on and wait just a little bit longer before we go back to Patch at the North Pole. So in the book, this whole conversation about the grades and how um, her step uncle doesn't even look at his report card and and whatever, um, that is all taking place at the window because after she says um, he doesn't even know what grade I'm in, Miss Tucker says, young lady, I am telling you, and she glanced up from her crocheting and saw Cornelia standing by the window. Cornelia, come away from the window this instant before you get a draft. She rose to her feet, dropping the crocheting into her sewing basket. Now come to dinner before Cook starts getting cranky and complains about the soup getting cold. Cornelia thought sullenly that Miss Tucker, whose appetite she was very familiar with, was far more interested in getting to her own dinner before it got cold than whether Cook was angry or anyone else was fed. Miss Tucker walked swiftly through the doorway into the dining room, her severe high neck brown dress rustling with the starch. Cornelia stared at her surroundings, the warm, bright, high-ceilinged room with the antiques and the paintings, the expensive carpets and exquisite objects d'art, as if she had never seen the room before. She studied her step-uncle's huge portrait hung high on the far wall of the room, like something in a wood-paneled shrine. She blinked and looked out of the window again, but across the street, the tenement doorway was empty. The boy was gone. That sounds like something that may have been filmed, but cut out of the movie. Yeah. Because they wanted to set up the big reveal of who her step-uncle was for later. Yeah. We do get glimpses of this said portrait later on, but we'll we'll get there when we get there, right? Mm-hmm. So the last minute, I think I said that they were eating, not crocheting. So I guess I was a little bit, a little off on that. They were going to eat, not that they were eating, but I, you know, there's food involved that is not brought up. <laughs> In the movie. <laughs> it also sounds like in the book they were kind of painting the picture that Mrs. Tucker was more portly. You yeah. Know, because she was so anxious to eat. Yes. Yep. No, Knowing how this movie is. Yes. Um, I, it comes up later on as well. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to go now? Yes. We can go to the North Pole. We are back. You can, it, The audio even overlaps a little bit because Patch is back after being absent for the past three minutes. Patch is getting some more screen time where he says, an assistant, your assistant? (laughs) An assistant? I can't do it again. So back at the North Pole, Santa Claus's distracted thoughts were at the moment centered more on the reordering of his own small enchanted village than on the injustices of the greater world beyond. He had called together Patch and Puffy to the two prime candidates for the newly announced position of his official assistant. Santa sat in his comfortably padded rocking chair, duly standing at his side as he listened to the two elves' ideas for helping him streamline his unwieldy workload. Anya stood in the doorway listening to unobtrusive but intent. So that is how it is set up in the book little different that, than the movie. That is not how it's set up in the movie. This is all taking place in the Claus's living quarters. You can see the cooking area 
mm-hmm. in the background. Dooley and Anya are standing off to the side, and there's Puffy off to the left-hand side of the viewer's screen, and Patch. Who's dead center. And Santa is sort of like pacing around. And I I have a theory about the scene. I don't think in the scenes where all of them are seen together, I don't think that's David Huddleston. It's obviously him in the close-ups, mm-hmm. but I think that's a Huddleston double-ston. <laughs> Uh, Doubleston? <laughs> play, play it through and you, you see what I'm talking about. Okay. You, his face is always obscured. Okay, let me let me watch. Well, definitely the beard is different. The nose does look different. Uh, yeah, his fa- it does right. Yeah, his face is always obscured. So I think these close-ups were shot separately and there's a body double for Santa in this scene when all of them are together. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know what the reasoning is. Maybe he just wasn't available that day. Or maybe he was off filming some other scene with yeah. different characters, maybe. But yeah, it doesn't um it doesn't look right, does it? Like his head just doesn't look correct. The way the beard sits on him and his hair and the way he's standing, it just doesn't look like it's the same same person. He even looks kind of bigger. Like, he looks taller. And in the close-ups, you can't really see his puffy yellow sleeves no. that he's wearing when all the characters are gathered around. No, like, the close-up is too close mm-hmm. to be able to see it. Interesting. Yeah, something I never even gave thought to until I watched this minute about ten times yeah. in a row. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't really line up. Like, what he's saying and how his head is moving doesn't really match either. And I definitely, it definitely feels like they're going out of the way to obscure his face. Yeah, it does. We'll have to see if there are any more sightings of who I'm now calling the Huddleston Doubleston. (laughs) (laughs) So, So anyway, Patch is very passionate here. Yes, he is. With all due respect, sir. I have ideas that'll turn this place upside down. (laughs) That is not exactly what I had in mind. No, no, no. I mean, I'm talking modern methods of production here. I'm talking assembly line. I'm talking wave of the future. I'm talking faster, quicker. So Patch is very passionate like you just heard, and then Puffy... And sloppier. Patch is not thrilled by that at all. No, he is not. He goes... He kind of goes off on on, uh, Puffy, like... Puffy... The thing about me is that I don't like elf assurance. I'm not afraid to rock the sleigh. This is where Puffy and Patch's disdain for each other really shines through. Yeah, it does. This is really, really where you can see how they don't agree or see eye to eye at all. Though I do do have to say that Patch gets extremely um, uh, excited about this when he's talking to Puffy that it almost sounds like he's had a little bit to drink slurring his words a little it's very Arthur-esque when he's talking oh definitely um it's like when we were watching it back together like yeah you're wondering if Puffy like you can almost smell like the alcohol breath (laughs) I know maybe that's why he's making the face (laughs) coming from Dudley Moore like the problem with you Puffy yeah And I have always thought this. It wasn't something that I just popped into my head. It's something that I have thought for a long time that he just seems a little, this seems a little unpatch-like, you know, like his, the way he's acting and slurring and like moving around doesn't seem too patch 
That's true. Usually like, Patch is like the wide-eyed, naive, yeah. innocent. Yeah. I always thought this kind of stood out to me as not really Patch. And speaking of Arthur, dust off the elf pun sound effect because Patch does not lack. <laughs> elf assurance. Now, if this elf pun sounds familiar, even though it hadn't been used in the movie yet, it was already made in the book. Yes. So now I'm curious, Ben, was elf assurance used twice in the book? Yes. But Patch says, just because you lack elf assurance doesn't mean that I do, Puffy. I'm not afraid to rock the sleigh as he put his hands on his hips. When he says, well, I'm just rewatching Dudley here, a patch here going, I'm not afraid to rock the sleigh. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't sound like he sounds like he's had a little alcohol. And Puffy is getting very like ugh, exasperated here. Yeah. In the book, Puffy ignored him, keeping his own eyes on Santa Claus, smiling ingratingly. Is that a word? Ingratul- I don't know what that word is. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Smiling. He said, sir, I have a long admired your traditional methods of manufacture. I assure you that I will give the same meticulous attention to quality and detail that. And then Santa interrupts them, which is basically just like the movie. As Puffy is saying that line in the movie. Sir, I have long admired your traditional methods of manufacture. Mm-hmm. I assure you that I will give the same meticulous attention to quality oh, and boy. detail. Boy. Patch is like openly mocking him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. mimicking him. Like me, 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 me. He's really showing how he's the younger elf there. You know how Patch is supposed to be like the young kind of like child elf. You know, mm-hmm. like that is definitely what a child would do. <laughs> so then Santa interrupts and says, Don't give me campaign promises. Give me results. The one who gets the job is the one who does the job best. When he first started this minute, Anya was like just milling around the background, doing like stuff in the kitchen, perhaps. Yeah. But I guess as things get a little fired up, she's like right next to Dooley here as the minute ends. Yeah, well, they're um, Anya and Dooley, you know, they were both kind of apart from Santa and Patch and Puffy. You know, they were pretty far in the distance, you know. So Anya didn't have to go too far. You know, it was probably maybe two steps to be next to Dooley. She's like, ooh, they're arguing. Let me hear this. (laughs) (laughs) What's the drama? So we'll see how that plays out in the weeks ahead. Right. And then it looks like it's time for another montage. Some music kicks in and we see Patch hunched over a desk and we see the blueprints for the Patch-O-Matic Super Toy Constructor. And Super Toy is one word, by the way. We hear some elves like hustle and bustle behind him. He uh, Mm -hmm. peeks up for a second. He peeks under the corner of his blueprint, but I have no idea why. Yeah, I don't know what he's looking at either. Unless there's something on the ground, like, because um, they're they're clearly working on that red piece that he's standing on. So I wonder if he is looking down towards his feet on that red piece to see what needs to go there. 
Because I was looking to see if maybe Patch dropped his pencil or something. Oh, yeah, no, he has that in his hand. So we see the boys come over. We see Vout, Honka, and Boog. Mm-hmm. Vout and Honka? Honka and Vout, uh, I mean, excuse me. Honka and Boog, I can still not tell the difference between. <laughs> I can point out Vout in a crowd. I'm pretty sure this is Vout and um, Boog. They're holding a piece of the machine. It's like brightly colored wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't know what any of this is yet. Because nope. the minute ends. And the other one, Honka, is like pointing at it. Yeah. There's going to be like I some... Right. Yeah, we'll get into more next week. There's going to be yeah. a little bit of comedic shenanigans here as we're putting this machine together. Yeah. But this is the last thing we see before the minute cuts off. Yeah, there's not really anything else I can talk about in this minute before getting into future minutes of this this assistant montage right so there we go there is minute 42 of santa claus movie we're only let's see i was gonna say 10 minutes away from the halfway point but i don't think that's correct i think minute 54 is 12 more minutes yeah so as always guys if you have anything you'd like to send us anything to add to this minute or anything santa claus movie related you can always reach out to us. We're on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Santa Minute. And you can email us at SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And you can listen to any of our episodes. Hot Cream!